Hello everyone, I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. We're supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Alan Marston. Alan is a father, husband, and innovator. He's also a successful corporate executive, heading up departments in business development, sales, marketing, and human resources. As a serial entrepreneur, Alan has over 18 years experience in the technology startup space and was the CEO of his own Silicon Valley company. Previously, he spent 25 years in the retail business and was with a company when it created Canada's first loyalty reward card program. Alan has had several startups and successful exits, and he is currently the founder of Zenoshi.io, where he is building a universal rewards card program on the blockchain. You're about to listen to Alan's conversation with fellow rainforester, Dave Taylor. So let's get started. Take it away, Alan. Well, hello, everyone. This is Alan Marston with the Rainforest podcast. And uh, uh, myself, I've just a serial entrepreneur. I've had a number of startups. My current startup is called Zenoshi.io. And I'm here today with Dave Taylor. Uh, Dave has got a company called Infront Marketing. Dave, uh, tell me... uh, you weren't always an entre- entrepreneur. So where did you start? How did you get going? What were you doing before you became an entrepreneur? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Alan, for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I come from a sales background, uh, came from North Battleford, Saskatchewan, moved here when I was 18 years old, kind of fell into sales. Uh, I was working two jobs, just uh you know, slugging away, trying to make money, figuring out what I was going to do. Uh, retail, telephone, uh, door-to-door, business-to-business. I kind of did it all uh, and also worked part-time in a restaurant. And, you basically uh, got to do whatever was, you got to do. was really, really busy. Yeah. Uh, and then um, working in a corporate environment, I was working for Sun Media for quite a while doing advertising. I fell into um, marketing, I guess, and, and advertising with the Yellow Pages when I was about 24 years old. I uh, moved to Sun Media after about three years and then... Uh, about three years the same with Sun Media kind of realized that there's got to be a better way to do things and uh, at that point in time I uh, chose to explore the opportunity to, to go out and start my own business and and start doing some marketing on my own. Okay now when you decided to go out on your own and do your own marketing uh, did you have any customers? Did you what did, what did you do to get started? We were pretty fortunate. Um, you know, we did have a long list of clients that were pretty loyal to me uh, when uh, when I left Sun Media. So we did have an opportunity, of course, to get started. Uh, that being said, uh, any entrepreneur will know uh, there's never enough to get started. Uh, you always have to, you know, kind of do something else on the side. Uh, at that point in time, I chose to go back to waiting tables. Uh, did that for about two years, uh, working to start my own business, uh, working to you're really build the bank account for the business that we were working to create and build some sustainability. Uh, That took about two years uh, to get to the point where I was able to draw a salary from the business uh, and really um, hit the ground running. Um, Of course, grateful for the clients that gave us an opportunity to start. Uh, But of course, there's growing pains with with any business that you work to start. Um, The challenge for us was, of course, working to buy media. Uh, You know, in in our world now, 
getting away from the corporation and working with a small business, of course, the buying power becomes, um, you know, kind of the key factor. Uh, we were able to find some good partners in the U.S. initially that gave us an opportunity to buy media, uh, but our real focus was to buy Canadian and, and focus on Canadian data. And after about the first year, uh, we were able to find a good partner uh, based out of Ontario and in Toronto um, that we were able to build a longstanding relationship and, of course, give us stronger buying power and better data here locally. So just to give us an understanding, I mean, uh, you know, you were working another job, plus you were doing, you're starting your own business. How many hours a week were you doing, would you say? I was, it was honestly nonstop. You know, if anybody's ever worked in a restaurant, uh, the hours are endless. Uh, For me, it was, you know, eight in the morning, nine in the morning until four in the afternoon, five o'clock on the clock for in front marketing. And from there, you know, straight into a black button up and uh, and an apron to wait tables from 5 p.m. until midnight. Often Um, there was many, many days where I was on the clock right from the first thing in the morning until until well past midnight. Uh, But, you know, uh, you nap when you can, you sleep when you can. Uh, If you can get four hours, that's often enough to uh, to keep you going. Uh, and, you know, again, being in my late 20s, uh, I was well prepared for it. And, and having worked two jobs, I was well prepared for it, too. So that sounds like a scary proposition for people that I'm always telling, you know, you've got to be an entrepreneur. Uh, what are the benefits of, uh, of what you've done? I mean, obviously, that was a tough start. It's probably not as long hours today. But what's the benefit of not going and working for someone doing this for yourself? Well, I think the benefit, of course, is is you know, just to, to myself, um, you know, what I want out of life, where I want to be in life, uh, what I want in terms of uh, who I want to work for and why I want to do it uh, what the value I can provide to my clients. I have much more opportunity to do so, of course, working for myself. Uh, the hours are still long now. Uh, you know, we're about to cross our four year mark uh, as uh, in front marketing. Uh, February 2019 will be four years in business. Um, and again, after two years, I was able to slow down that that second job. But uh, you get your life back for sure as an entrepreneur. You have an opportunity to work from home if you need to, to run your own schedule, of course, be in control of your hours. But you have to be very conscious of how you're dedicating your time. Uh, when you're not working on the business or working in the business, uh, nobody else is. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, you have to be able to go home and be happy with the work that you put in that day uh, and every day. So um, as an entrepreneur, the hours can be less, but you have to be careful of how you're using that time, for sure. So Dave, what are what are you doing for customers right now? I mean, are you doing the social media advertising? You're doing the banner advertising? What are you exact doing exactly? Uh, Infront Marketing is set up as a full service agency, so there isn't anything that we don't do. Uh, our bread and butter for our clients is digital advertising, uh, banner ads, content marketing, video, digital radio, uh, billboards, all the uh, digital screens you'll see along the transit line in office buildings and washrooms are all hooked to a network that we're able to buy from. Uh, so uh, realistically, that's where we focus a lot of our effort and a lot of our time. Uh, we really focus on data, uh, understanding how the audience is engaged with a business, uh, how they're engaged with competitors and where the opportunity lies for our clients. However, uh, because we have, I have over 10 years in, uh, in marketing and I've had relationships with a number of the big players the Rogers, the Sun Medias, the Post Medias. Uh, We have relationships there uh, where we can take the lead for our client on campaigns that we don't necessarily, um, I guess, have a leg in. But uh, what we want to do, of course, is, is kind of break the agency mold. The 
big agencies uh, often, of course, charge a retainer. They charge agent agency fees on top of that to book ads on behalf of the client. Uh, in front marketing, we're not structured that way. We're not structured with a retainer. We do not work on retainer at all. Uh, all of our products have a cost associated with them, and of course, that's where our clients would uh, would see a, a bill. But um, without the retainer, uh, we open ourselves up for opportunity with startups, for small to medium businesses who have often shied away from agencies because of the fees. When we work with a partner for a TV campaign, a radio campaign, or a print campaign, those are products that we don't mark up. If we bring in a social media partner, a web designer, a SEO specialist, uh, those are products that we don't mark up. Uh, Infront Marketing is a small team. Uh, my business partner is John McCollman. Uh, him and I work together uh, as a two-man operation, but we have all the experience and ability in the same way a large agency does. Uh, we've just chosen not to grow by hiring. We've chosen to grow by strategic relationships and, and partnerships. So, uh, you know, that opportunity allows our clients to work with accountable business owners, people who are transparent in their reporting, uh, people who are reliable uh, when uh, brought to do a job. They've got a task. Uh, and of course, we can manage that uh, on behalf of the client. The client has access to those partners, of course, at any time. Uh, but what that does, of course, is you know, we don't rely on junior level marketers to take on large level campaigns. We don't rely on uh, marking up fees uh, because we've got someone in the office to pay to manage that campaign. Uh, what we want to do is make sure that our clientele, of course, have opportunities uh, with these partners without a hefty bill at the end of the day. Uh, we understand in this landscape, um, you know, advertising, of course, is is costly, uh, but we want to give our our clients an opportunity to to do anything that they need to do without uh, a major fee uh, attached to it. So Dave, uh, when we look, I'm a serial entrepreneur and, uh, you know, I've had lots of startups. Money always is an issue. And uh, as a startup, uh, I think about buying advertising or marketing uh, from an agency. Of course, I can't afford it because like you said, uh, they've got a retainer. How how low can we go? How how affordable can we make it? Uh, how does a startup work with you guys? Sure. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of schools of thought there. You know, when we look at startups, uh, typically there's uh, a, an investment that they're looking for. Uh, they're looking for money. They're looking for partners to help them grow. When they're looking for that investment, there's typically a marketing budget that's attached to their request. Uh, with startups, we talk to them often uh, after the accelerators uh, where they've already put that marketing budget into their request. And many of them don't have a clue of how they're going to spend that money. Uh, they've put it in there because they have to or they, it's been suggested to them uh, when they're looking for funding because they want to earmark that money for marketing. Uh, so without, um, without a retainer, there's always an opportunity for us to have that consultation or that conversation with no cost. Uh, we want to work with startups to help them determine how they're going to invest that money uh, before they go and request it. So, of course, there's always opportunity for startups to come and have a conversation with us about what, what their goals could be uh, with an investment. From there, you know, with that money, um, advertising can cost anything. You know, it can cost anywhere from $1,000 a month to $25,000, dollars $100,000 a month. You know, it just really depends on the the scale of the business. What are they going after? Are they going after Calgary? Are they going after certain communities in Calgary? Are they going after Alberta, different provinces, the the whole country of Canada into the US. What in our world, because everything is sold on typically a cost per uh, impression. So what you're buying is how many people you want to see the ad. 
the cost per impression is is low. It's in the tens to twenties to hundreds of dollars. Um, but of course, what you're looking at is who's inside that audience, how many people need to see the ad. And then of course, that's going to dictate the budget. Uh, so that being said, you know, businesses can start off with a thousand dollars a month and go from there. Whereas again, working with an agency, the retainers are anywhere from twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars a month plus the plus the fees. So, what about uh, when the startups sit down with you uh, to talk to you? I mean, is there uh, a cost to uh, you know figure that out? To figure out what the budget's going to be when you're sitting down with them? Uh, there's no cost to figure it out. So, um, you know, our our give back to Rainforest, of course, is is free consultations. You know, in in Rainforest, we see a number of startups. We've had a conversation with a number of them, uh, and we just want to help them get to an understanding of of where the money's going to go once they're uh, they've received. An investment, uh, so there's no cost for a consultation. Uh, we're not looking to make money uh, to to make suggestions, uh, to build a strategy, uh, to build an understanding of where that money is going to go. Um, but of course, uh, we want them to have a real understanding of what it's going to cost when they choose to kick off campaigns. So we'll work with them to structure a budget. Uh, we'll work with them to understand an audience. We'll work with them to determine what the campaign looks like, what the goals are, what the expectations are at the end. Uh, and then there's no cost until they start advertising. So someone listening to this might hear you say rainforest and not know what you're talking about. You've been involved with the rainforest for a little while. Uh, what, what, what's your thoughts on what they're doing there? Yeah, and you know what? The rainforest has been um, something that we've really only invested time into in the later half of 2018. Uh, we attend some events. We've got some partners in the room. Um, certainly the, the goals of rainforest are very attractive to us. Uh, rainforest supporting the community supporting small businesses, supporting local businesses in Calgary, trying to keep money local here, uh, trying to give businesses an opportunity to partner with other businesses that they may not have known before. And really building that local connection is what's attractive to us in Rainforest. We truly believe, of course, you have to give to get. So uh, we want to give back to Rainforest uh, with, of course, an expectation that um, we can build a, a profile within that community. Um, but of course, uh, in our world, um, the, the best thing that we can give is is time. Good. Uh, now, I talked about this from a startup perspective, but I'm sure there are people in, working in large organizations that are listening to this as well and saying, uh, you know, would we be better off in a large organization, a large oil company uh, going with an agency versus a smaller company? What is the advantage of if there is an advantage of going with you, going with Infront Marketing or a company small like Infront Marketing compared to an agency? Yep. And, and you know what? It's a great question. People look at us like a small business. They look at us like a small agency, uh, but large organizations choose us all the time. We've got a number of large clients, a number of oil and gas clients. We've got uh, the four major sports teams in Calgary that work with us. We've, uh, we've certainly created a, a good, strong name inside that community. And the reason for that is because of, of the fees. You can look at some of the retainer cost that these large oil and gas companies are paying just to have agencies go and buy media for them. And it's obscene. Um, the guys at the top that write the check, typically once they meet us, give us an opportunity into the room. They see that our costs just for the impressions are typically lower than what they're being paid by large agencies or what they're paying for with large agencies that are 
data is stronger, that our reporting is stronger. When I left uh, Sun Media, for example, uh, they, um, they do not do anything in terms of data tracking when running a digital or online advertising campaign. Uh, there's typically a report that'll show you how many impressions you purchased, how many people clicked on it. And that's a very low level of data. And unless you ask them to do more, and even if you do, typically they, they won't. So in our world, everything starts with data. We add a website pixel to every one of our clients' website. A pixel allows us to track every consumer who's engaged currently with that business and build a, a profile on what they look like. Uh, of course, due to privacy laws, we're not looking for names, phone numbers, email addresses. We're looking for behavior. Where do they spend their time and what makes them look like other consumers who are engaged in the business? Then we can look at categories that are available to us uh, from those behaviors to advertise to like-minded individuals and people that are performing the same behaviors. All of our devices know many things about us. Uh, I talk about my phone all the time. My phone knows my age. It knows my income. It knows what I do for work. It knows my hobbies. It knows I like hockey. knows I ride a motorcycle. knows I have dogs because of my social profile and the things that I do online. Then it knows when I'm buying something. knows when I'm buying a home. knows when I'm buying a car, a watch, a, a pair of shoes. Uh, and that data is readily available to marketers like me if we take the right steps to, to pile it. So those pixels allow us to do that. The pixels then allow us to monitor engagement. So somebody sees an ad, they choose not to click on it because we know most people don't click on ads. They just don't want to. They Google search the business and then they come in through a search engine or they come direct. The pixels allow us to monitor that behavior and quantify that as a conversion to the website. Uh, then, for example, for a sports team selling tickets, we can monitor engagement right to the point of sale and track revenue. Most of our clients don't sell online. They just have a point of contact or a conversion point. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, downloading an app or um, reaching out through a contact form, signing up for newsletters. Uh, those will be conversion points that we can report on. The pixels then allow us to monitor consumers for 30 days after they've left the website and re-deliver advertising. So the pixel and the data is what's important to us. We never charge for that data. Again, that's something that that data is, if you are the business owner, you own that data. You just have to have an opportunity to connect to us. When these large companies realize that their agencies have not pixeled their website, tagged their website with any unique tracking, it's very easy to have a conversation about why those agencies should no longer be in the room. Are there agencies, though, Dave, sorry to cut you off there, but are there agencies that actually don't do that Many. in this day and age? Many, yeah. Really? And I just met a local advertiser at a Chamber of Calgary event who's working with a large agency, has a $800,000 a year budget uh, to digital advertising, and their agency has not pixeled their website. Wow. They're doing no data tracking. All they're reporting on is impressions and clicks, and then they're utilizing social media. Hmm. That is incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. So uh, the agency is not really an advantage uh, uh, that some of these big companies may think that they are. Uh, what about on, I think you mentioned this earlier, but I want to confirm. Uh, what about on the buying side? Are they, do they have bigger buying power because of who they are? Nope. Nope, not at all. Um, there are networks that will only allow agencies with a specific budget and a fairly high level budget access to them. Uh, that being said, those partners are no different than the partners that we use. You just have to find the right partner for, for your business. So we have seven different networks that we're able to buy from. In those seven networks, there's different opportunity. 
the opportunity might be a millennial specific network. It might be an app specific network. It might be a premium content network or a news heavy network. So our buying power is the same as any large agency would be. Uh, if anything, we price ourselves less or very competitively because we have a really strong understanding of how the corporations price their product. The Sun Media's, the Rogers, uh, you know, their costs are often double what our costs are uh, because we have no overhead. We have no CEO at the top that's getting paid to sit around and do nothing. Uh, at the end of the day, we have seen clients uh, in the past, again, doing this for 10 years, I've seen clients uh, spinning their tires with money just spending as much money as they can, getting no analytics and no results. And the onus then becomes on the business owner to, to determine whether or not the campaign was successful. Uh, our goal, of course, is to give clarity. Uh, there's three pillars to success with in-front marketing. It's transparency, it's education, and it's results. You know, we want to ensure that our business owners are, are very clear in where their money is being spent, that they're educated to the point where they understand what's happening, and that they can see a real result at the end of the day. I'm glad you brought up results because that's another question I have for you. As, a, as being a CEO of a couple of different companies, one of the things that I'm always looking for from advertising marketing is results. And... Uh, you know, you're talking about uh, impressions, you're talking about engagement, you're talking about all this stuff. I mean, in the end, does it result in sales? I mean, when we talk about results, are we talking about sales? Are we talking about actual ticket sales, for example, uh, with sports teams? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to define those goals before you do any advertising. If those goals are, goals are not well-defined, uh, we have no understanding of what the result is going to be. So there's testing involved in everything. Uh, you can run two, three, four ads at the same time. We call it A-B testing, A-B-C. Uh, you can look at what ads are running, what ads are working. You can take a small budget and you can allocate it between different ad sets. Uh, so certainly you can look at what's working better. Uh, we know that in any advertising world, things take time. You can't turn on ads today and have them work tomorrow. Uh, typically, we take about a month to understand the audience, um, how they're engaged, what they're going to do, uh, how consumers are we're going to be able to trace consumers who look uh, alike uh, and then what type of result we're going to be able to see from that but um, sometimes it's like throwing darts at the wall we have to be clear of why we're doing it and we have to monitor where those darts are landing to determine what the result is going to be we also have to look at you know sometimes uh, a client may come in with an expectation that social media is going to be the best place to spend their money. I personally have a hard time seeing uh, revenue from likes and shares on social media. Uh, we often steer advertisers away from investing into social media and we educate them on how to do most of it on their own because uh, they're, they're, reducing a lot of fees by being able to do it. How to do own. the likes and, the, and how, that kind of thing on their own. How to do their posting, yeah. what to say, how to say it, or to use a partner if, they, if they're having trouble writing content, how to mm -hmm. use a partner just to write that content and how they can take their budget and boost their posts and find their audience and that, and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you know, there's advertisers all over the board that, that, that may need a partner for social media, uh, that, that may need a, a stronger partner for uh, web design or for SEO or AdWords or that kind of stuff. So um, the goals just need to be defined. There's absolutely revenue uh, with many, many of the campaigns that we monitor. There's some onus that has to be placed on the business owner to report what's happening within the business if we aren't selling anything online. But again, it goes along with transparency. When I worked at the Yellow Pages, I had 700 clients uh, every single year that we were only really allowed to see once. And then by the next year, they were gone to somebody else. 
So that's a completely backwards way of doing things. Me as a salesperson would never know whether or not there was a result. Typically, we're at least once a month sitting down with our clients, doing the reporting, talking about what's happening, seeing about seeing what's impacting the business, seeing where the revenue is coming from, seeing where the peaks and valleys are in the course of a month. And a higher level client or a client that needs more engagement, we will we'll make the time for. That sounds really good. So uh, a final question, I guess, would be uh, any advice for the people out there that, uh, you know, there are lots of small businesses that are in Calgary right now uh, that are struggling. Uh, and I know that I've talked to some of them. And being a former human resources manager, I know one of the first things we used to do in large companies is cut staff. The second thing that gets axed is marketing and advertising, which I think is absolutely crazy because you that's when you want to keep on getting your name out there and bringing people in. Uh, any advice for some of these small businesses that are struggling right now to, to find those dollars to do something? What, what would you say to them? Yeah, and, and I think the advice is really simple. It's look look at the options. There's always a partner out there that's willing to show you a better way to do things. And many, many small businesses are fearful of the change. They're committed to post media or sun media because they have longstanding relationships with a sales rep, but they've never seen a real result. So what they need to do is realize, of course, that there are other partners, that some of the solopreneurs out there, the some of the small businesses, uh, some of these work from home marketers are uh, some of the best at what they do. That being said, you know, John and I have an office in Inglewood. Uh, we have a space that we love to host clients, you know, come and sit down with us, have a conversation. Uh, the conversation is never going to cost uh, a cent, but we want to be able to show value to those clients who just say, Hey, I've been spending money and, and what am I going to do next? I'm thinking about reducing it. Okay. Well, let's, let's see what's going on. Let's see where we can uncover some, some, uh, opportunity to 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 really make a stronger investment into advertising uh, and that being said you know for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs um, the advice is to not be afraid of the bigger guy to not be afraid of the agencies that are out there to not be afraid of chasing a bigger client because often the guys that are spending the most money are the ones who are wasting the most money mm. uh, and if i can give anybody uh, who wants to start their own business a word of advice is find something that you're good at that you can do in your spare time because Trying to pay the rent when you're starting a business is near impossible. Um, so, you know, focus on building the business, focus on building a foundation, find a way to be sustainable, and then just prove value to your clients. Great. Dave, thank you so much for your time today. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, Dave Taylor, Infront Marketing. Uh, what's the website? Yep. Yeah, uh, website simple, infrontmarketing.ca. Uh, telephone number 403 891 9295. And if you really want to go through all the Dave Taylors on LinkedIn, you can find me, <laughs> uh, Dave Taylor, Infront Marketing. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks. your time today. Thanks, Alan. If you haven't already, Visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-source, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This podcast was made possible by a generous contribution from Zinc Ventures and is hosted by volunteers from Rainforest Alberta. Music for the show was created by King Auroras. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. 
let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.